You are now listening to LFL Talk with Adri and Marcus. Hello and welcome to this week 15 episode of LFL Talk. I'm your host, Adri Mallows. Joining me, as always, is... Marcus Henson, how are you, sir? I'm a little bit blue, actually. You're a little bit blue? How come? What's going down? This is the last regular season show. I know, it's crazy, right? That means that the next show... Well, we've got, actually, we've got a show next week. I was going to say the next show would be me recording from the other side of the pond. That's it. Benito, right. Playoffs, here we come. Yeah, absolutely. But Seattle, we've... here you come. Indeed. But before we get to that, join us after this short break for our roundup of this week's clash between Atlanta and Chicago. LFL Mobile, giving you a access to the gridiron goddesses of the LFL with exclusive photos, videos, live game reporting, and fan promotions. LFL Mobile. Download on your Android or iPhone. We come on now to the big Eastern Conference clash between Atlanta and Chicago from this past weekend. Marcus, what did you make of this Titanic clash? Well, I tell you what, it didn't disappoint. That's the main thing. I think for everyone else who was neutral, it was kind of like everyone was sort of standing epic on the sidelines, sitting there going, is this just going to flame out? It's going to peter out? But no, no, we got a perfect little grudge match going on. Yeah, what an explosive start to the first half. First four possessions going for touchdowns and it didn't look like Chicago offense wanted to be on the field very long, did it, with their quick scores? Nah, that was just ridiculous, isn't it? I mean, especially that first one, literally like, okay, defense jumps, but you know, to Marfanel, catch, touchdown, done, seven seconds, cool. Right, point afters, done. Defense back on. Yeah, I don't know if you've seen it, but there's a a clip on social media and it's actually Crystal Harris pregame and she's saying our defense you know this game's on you the offense we're not going to be on the field long and had I not seen the footage I would kind of question where she was coming from with that kind of comment but you can see that obviously their game plan was just to get on score fast kill any Atlanta momentum and then get the defense back on the field I mean you have to put it out there what a defense I mean defensive line no Yashi Rai Chantel Taylor Kristen Morrison oh wow what a performance they put in I mean probably their game of the year surely yeah Chantel Taylor had a big game didn't in the second half two big sacks as well not only were they sacked but the yards that Atlanta lost on those sacks oh. but I'm going to come back on to how Atlanta played as well because Atlanta did exceedingly well at moving the ball particularly in the first half and um, with Brittany Demery back at running back she was storming through she was brilliant I absolutely loved watching her she was just you couldn't take her down she needed two or three Chicago players just to even slow her down yeah I mean I think she ended up with about 140 yards if I'm not mistaken yeah 23 carries for just over 140 yards that's brutal joining us on the show now to help with our game review is all-star quarterback from the Atlanta steam Dakota Manning Hughes welcome back to the show Dakota (laughs) that's a nice intro I like that thanks for having me oh you're most welcome I remember our conversation from last year where you preferred Manning to Brady so we thought we'd throw that in there yeah I wish she was still in the league but you know I'll take Brady now that Manning's out now it's fair to say since we last spoke to you last season didn't quite end as you'd hoped but what lessons would you say you learned from last year it's funny you say that because last year, the way that it ended, it's kind of like um, I was waiting uh, for Saturday to kind of redeem ourselves from losing so many times last year to Chicago over and over again. You know, that takes a toll on anybody, much less somebody who's so competitive as myself. And so when you get beat 42 to 6 in uh, 
one of the most important games of your career. It definitely takes a toll on your confidence, your, you know, your, your passion. It, it takes a lot out of a lot of things. And so the biggest thing that I gained is I've never been in a game like that where I've been blown out. And I feel like as a competitor, you have to have those moments because in order to succeed at any level, you have to know what it takes on all ends of the spectrum. You know, whether you're on the receiving end of the blowout or you're the one that's given the blowout, I think you have to, uh, you have to know how to handle yourself in every single situation. And um, that for me, that was a, a very big learning experience. You know, I learned that I don't ever need as a leader to let the bleeding get to that point to where it's, you know, it's it's impossible to come back. You know, it's 42 to six and you have five seconds left and there's nothing else you can do. Um, so I learned um, and I've kind of put it into play and, you know, to just keep pushing and to no matter what the score is, to keep everybody together and, and trying to do your best to stop that bleeding before it ever gets worse. So, um, you know, we, we, I've definitely taken that into account this season. We found ourselves, you know, behind early, um, not really too far, but, you know, we were down a touchdown or something versus L.A. and we kept it in. And obviously, um, you know, things happened at the end of the game. You know, we lost that game, but we still take things into account. And I learned from every single game that happens, you know, this year I learned from the 77-0 blowout against Omaha. And I've learned from these two losses against L.A. and Chicago. And, you know, granted, you know, everybody says we can't beat a good team. But, you know, after this game, it's it's going to change in two weeks. Yeah. And you mentioned that changing on to this season. Season. A lot of off-season acquisitions by Coach Robinson, like Teresa Petrusulo. How have they all sort of settled into the team dynamic? We've settled in awesome. You know, our offense is rocking and rolling. We are doing very, very well, um, especially in that game against Chicago. I think that was our best offensive performance against the Bliss that we've ever had. And, um, you know, obviously there's a ton of things we can fix because we scored one touchdown in the second half and didn't score at all in the fourth quarter. So obviously there's things that we can fix there as an offense. But the dynamic of that offense with those girls. I mean, it's it's amazing to be a part of because just to look around, you know, we were actually at practice one time and our starting defense was out there and we were just having a scout offense. And I looked around and I, I was like, man, I've played against four of seven of these girls. And it's so crazy how everything has ended up to where we're on the same team working for the same goal. And, um, you know, that, that those girls could have played in any team, but they wanted to come here. And I feel like that says a lot about our coaching staff, a lot about our team, a lot about our players. You know, we don't care where you come from, as long as you have the heart and the passion and the want to succeed, uh, we want you on our team. And so to have those girls feel the same way, um, it's just a great addition. And, uh, you know, we're, we're ready to put it all together. We haven't had our entire team in an entire game yet. And uh, we will finally in two weeks. And uh, that's going to be exciting to put out there on the field because it's been a long time coming for that. Now, you mentioned there about not having a, a full squad at the same time or full offense at the same time. When we saw you were without Lauren Ziegler at wide receiver this week did that alter your game plan at all against Chicago honestly coming into Chicago we were obviously having Brittany back and our game plan was to uh, kind of run the ball down their throats and just see what they could do as a defense to stop us and um, you know we ran the ball very effectively and uh, you know to have Brittany in the backfield um, and to let her show everybody what she's been patiently holding back that's been that was exciting to watch you know she was you know getting seven or eight yards a carry on average and just to watch her go to work 
was amazing. And obviously not having Lauren out there, that was different for me because I've never not played with her. And that was definitely a, an interesting dynamic to come over to the sidelines and be talking with her, not in uniform. So that definitely was was not uh, obviously what we want in our game plan. But when we have to have those situations that happen, you know, Jesse Locklear stepped up and she filled her role at receiver and um, she's normally a running back. So, you know, you got to give credit where credit is due for those girls who've stepped up in those situations and played positions that they normally wouldn't be playing. And, you know, for that to happen, you know, I couldn't have asked for anything else out of Jesse because, you know, she went out there with her head held high and said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you what I can and uh, I'm going I'm to do everything I can for you. And so, um, you know, that's it's an awesome player to have on your team. And I know when we get Lauren back, you know, Jesse and Brittany will be back there running back and we'll have Teresa and Lauren back at receiver and then um, obviously my offensive line. And so we'll finally be able to kind of put it all together and, you know, do run our offense the way that the Atlanta team has yet to been able to put out on the football field yet. Absolutely. Now, despite a very quick start to the game, scoring wise, you've alluded to this already, you know, Atlanta's second half was just nowhere near as explosive. Was there one thing in particular you could have put that down to? Obviously, you know, I've worked with Coach Hack and uh, in the offense game in Guatemala and I know the game plan at halftime is to make adjustments and to um, switch your game plan according to uh, their defense so I, I know they made adjustments and as I was watching film I saw some twists and some different schemes that they did up front and um, you know it's it's a great game plan by the coaching staff and we also didn't execute as well as we did in the first half I think it's a mix of both things and I think momentum had a lot to do with it we had a lot of penalties we had a, a lot of we'd score and then the, the Chicago offense would come out and scored one or two plays and so it definitely did kill the momentum some and you know we definitely do have some things to work on but I'd say adjustments on the Chicago defensive side of the ball and um, you know lack of performance from the offensive side from our standpoint um, definitely pitched into that lack of scoring in the second half. Now towards the end of the game I believe we saw Adrian Pinnell go down with what looked like quite a, a bad injury do you have any updates on that is she okay will she be ready for the playoffs? Oh she'll be ready for the playoffs it was just a little tweak um, on the sideline. I watched film and it, it definitely it just looked like it hyperextended but you know she came back out there. She's not going to let anybody tell her that she can't go back out in the game. If she can walk, she's going to be on the field. You'll have to pull that girl off in a stretcher if she wants to come off the field. So, you know, she'll be ready to rock and roll. She went out there running routes at the very end of the game and her spirits are high and she's, she'll be good to go. Now, this season, you've unfortunately not been able to beat both Chicago and Los Angeles. How do you shed that reputation as a team? for not being able to win the big games? I mean, that's nothing we already don't know. You know, when somebody says that, it's no surprise. And honestly, we don't really play into what everybody has to say about us, whether it's good or bad, because honestly, nobody else matters unless it's the Atlanta team. Nobody else is going to go out there and play a football game except us. So whenever people say that, it's kind of like, okay, thank you. We'll keep moving on and we'll keep pushing. And, you know, when we do beat a good team, it's not going to be like, you know, we're, we're the Legends Cup champions. You know, we'll, we'll beat one team at a time until we get to that point. And, um, you know, we'll keep working no matter what. And, you know, it is unfortunate, um, like I said before, as a competitor to continually lose. But, you know, with my belief and everything that happens for a reason, um, I think it's just going to set this up for a storybook ending. Now, fast forward to the 20th in Seattle. What can the team do differently in order to beat Chicago in the playoffs? Well, our offensive performance was definitely dominant. If you look at everything, we beat the, the bliss on pretty much everything that you could beat them on. But the 
the final outcome of the game, which was the score. And, you know, when you dominate on all accounts and you still lose a game, um, you just give it away. So we'll definitely make some adjustments defensively. Uh, we'll make some adjustments offensively. We'll make some adjustments mentally. Um, a lot of those errors were mental mistakes. And as a football team, you know, even, even if it's one person or the whole team, you know, it's a team effort. So you got to pick up those players who are mentally not there. And even if you are mentally there, you still need some support from everybody else. So we'll just make little adjustments. You know, nothing else is really going to change. I don't think we're going to see anything too different from Chicago other than those players that were out for their team coming back into their regular positions. It's going to be another dogfight. But, um, you know, we definitely did hand over some points to them. And, you know, we just got to make adjustments where we can. And um, I believe a lot of that is mental. You'll be pleased to know that's the hard questions over with for now. But we'd like to finish with some fun quickfire questions, if that's okay. That's perfect. Thank you. Would you rather fight one horse-sized duck or 100 duck-sized horses? Wow. You know, I feel like maybe 100 versus one might be a little difficult. So I think I might take on the one uh, that might be a little bit easier than trying to watch my back at all times. <laughs> you said that the hard questions were over. These are hard already. <laughs> <laughs> you have to excuse Adri. His uh, his humor is kind of special. What is the best thing about living in Atlanta? You know, I don't really live in Atlanta. I live a little bit further north from there. But uh, what I do enjoy in Atlanta is there's never not something that you can do, and there's always um, you can always eat somewhere that's really nice, or um, you know, see the buildings and the sky at night. And um, you know, there's so many activities that you can do, and um, it's it's never ending. And I, I really like that about that. Wait a minute. Have you been listening to Coach Robinson's interview by any chance? I'm pretty sure. Ajay, if I'm not mistaken, that's the exact same answer. Spooky. It's very similar. That's funny. I'll have to tell. Actually, he'll probably already hear it and then he'll probably tell me so. <laughs> what is your favorite food? You know, I'm really basic with my food. I don't like crazy stuff. I really like steak and I love buffalo wings. I like any hot sauce. Like anybody that knows me knows that I have to have buffalo sauce for pretty much everything. So I really like that kind of stuff. If you were stranded on a desert island, which one teammate would you want with you? If I could take a package deal, it would obviously be Adrian, Dina and Lauren. But if I could only choose one, it would definitely be my Tootsie twin. It would be Lauren Ziegler. So but that's if I only have to choose one. I love everybody and I love my little crew. So if I only had to choose one, it would be her though. What is on your pre-game playlist? I have a lot of trap music. I have a lot of Drake. I have... Who else? Fetty Wap, Chris Brown, Future, uh, Mr. Two Chains. Pretty much anybody that's, you know, well-known in the rap genre. So um, that gets me pretty pumped. All right. And then pretty pumped for this answer. Now, will Atlanta win the Legends Cup? Most definitely. Sadly, that's actually the end of the interview. But before we let you go, Dakota, we give all of our guests a 10-second shout-out. So it could be to thank fans, family, or even if you want to talk smack to Chicago, go ahead of the playoff game the mic is all yours all right well i would just like to give a shout out to all of our fans who have supported us from the very beginning and also shout out to my family who always travels to the away games and no matter where i am no matter uh, what game i'm playing in they'll be there and um, of course shout out to all my teammates um, i love you guys very much we have a couple things to change but i wouldn't change the people on this team for the world so i uh, thank you guys for having me and um, i guess i'll be seeing you guys in two weeks and thank you for coming on the show today, Dakota. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. How does an athlete reach the pinnacle of the LFL? Performance training. 
focus, yet ever active in their community. Film study. Practice. In superb condition, leading a healthy lifestyle. I'm an LFL athlete. Are you? Well, this week we haven't really got a game sort of coming up ready, not unless we want to start talking about the playoffs, which I'm pretty sure me and you, Adri, could until Kingdom Come. So sounds like a good time to quickly sneak in a quick season review. I think that sounds like a good plan, sir. And where would you like to start? Well, let's start with something we, we sort of started on at the beginning of the season, which was we got a top play of the season. Now, we had a poll early on. You guys might have included yourselves in it. All right. But let's see if that list has in- increased at all since our, our sort of must be in what, week five? six it was that first bye week wasn't it yeah it was very early on that we had that and i think you're right i think it was a bye week because then it determined who we had on as a, a guest and we know it was uh, courtney white who won that fan vote won the fan vote or her mum won the fan vote is not sure who who won that there with all the all the social media going on we'll put that down to her i think won't we we'll put that down yeah. to courtney yeah why She's not a popular girl <laughs> absolutely but thinking of plays of the season i'm going to go ahead and push on to one if i can and it's one that until i found it about an hour ago i had in my head i was like I remember this play. I remember this play. I know I do. I went through all of Seattle's games, skipping through to every touchdown to make sure I wasn't going crazy. And sure enough, I found it. And it was Seattle versus Dallas. And it's the Bryn Render catch where she catches a touchdown over the boards at the end. So kind of diving, jumping, sorry, top half of the body out of the end zone, makes the grab and then comes down uh, in the end zone with the ball. Great touchdown catch. You mean catching it like a boss? That is what Bryn Render does? Pretty much, yeah. And it was, you know, their first score of the game as well to uh, to bring it level so you know clutch moment clutch receiver that's what Brim Render's all about really oh yeah I mean one that I want to add on is it's a very very new one it's <laughs> that fact I saw it today myself coming up this weekend just gone Chicago Atlanta game you guys will get to see this upcoming soon Tamik Robinson her kickoff return to start the second half with Panache you got a cutback and then a cutback followed by a cutback it was just an incredible run yeah incredible run she has got just incredible speed to her just breakaway speed and i think a name we should watch as these playoffs progress yeah 100% like I say she said absolute lightning speed on that kickoff return and, and like London buses you know we've waited ages for one and then two have come along almost back to back <laughs> yeah pretty much if you think about it but thinking about more stuff like that we don't know if you guys have got one that maybe hey we've missed and you're like hey why not this play from this game honestly let us know give us a, an idea about what you think your top player of the season is best way for them to get in touch with us Adri I would say it's going to be through Twitter use the hashtags LF NFL talk and hashtag play of season. Cool. And now we move from play of the season to player of the season. How about that? I mean, who have you got sort of who's topping your list? Well, there's one that we've only seen her a couple of times, and I know they've mentioned it on the Omaha games they've covered, and it's clear that she didn't get given the ball anywhere near enough, and that is Nikki Bernhardt from Omaha Heart, especially at running back. You look at how they played against Dallas, you look at their first two scores. I mean, she practically carried the team on her back. Yes, we all know the scoreline got a little bit out of hand, but anytime Omaha was starting to do things positively, it came on her shoulders. Didn't she pretty much win them a game against New England as well? I think she did. 
did as well. That was the only other time I've seen her play this season. Yeah, that's the thing. Just again, talent just not getting its chance to shine, but I'm sure that is a star we'll keep an eye on. Um, for me, ooh, where do I begin? I mean, there's been a whole host of people. I mean, you've got the, you got the names that always sort of impress you. Don't get me wrong. Danica Brace will always stand out for me. Uh, you've always got people like uh, Chantal Taylor, that Chicago defense, Yashi Rice, big, big names that you're just like, star of LFL. A lot of emerging talent this year, which I'm really happy about. Certainly, yeah. I mean, we look at a few of the rookies that I think we've both put down on our list here. So you've got Selena Fudge from Austin. We've mentioned her a few times on the show. And how she great. She was a great corner, great corner. And we've got the likes of Jade Randall, who is not only going to be rookie of the season, but I'm pretty sure if they make it to the Legends Cup final, that we could see Jade Randall as the MVP of the league this year as well. And if she's not, it's going to take an impressive player to knock her off the perch, I think. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, you're quite right, like speaking that, because she's just such a versatile player, offense, defense. She makes plays and she just electrifies the entire pitch when she is on it. And of course, we've got some of her Dallas teammates as well. Michelle Angel, Courtney White, who we've mentioned before. There's a few from LA as well that we can't really forget about. Naz Johnson, Jane Caldwell, both doing things on the ground. And How well one, are those two doing in LA? They're doing it out there. They're just doing well. so well. Um, but I do just want to come back to Dallas because I know that we're going to get in a bit of trouble with some of her fellow teammates if we don't mention her. And that is Shantae Cherie and how well she's played this season. Yeah, again, this is yeah, a Dallas team that uh, some people are like, you know, the second coming, you know, reborn again. Uh, some people are calling them a completely new team. I don't care how you label it. The fact is that these, these women are athletes and how quickly they've picked up, progressed and just developed on the field. You know, it's a short season. You've got four games to do it in from that first game to the last brutal and I think that brings us quite nicely onto our next topic doesn't it really and we might as well keep talking along the same lines and that is our surprise team of the season and it's almost no surprise really but it is Dallas Desire as we're talking about there and I think the one thing we have to give credit for is definitely the the Bullet Brothers as coaches because they seem to have a different coaching style to the other top coaches in the league and it's working yeah not only that every single Dallas player and can we just put it out there that all the Dallas players you've been amazing in this season all the players actually every single player who's been on our show has been just lovely to chat to um, so warming to our stupid questions and really really just had so much fun recording with every single one of you but yeah the Dallas players could not speak highly enough of their coaches and it's experience showing isn't it because we know one of them in Melvin Bullet has won a Super Bowl with the Indianapolis Colts but it's not just about that one coach it is about the coaching staff that, that he's put together there in Dallas it's his brother and all of the other coaches there as well yeah I think they've got a good mantra going on in Dallas clearly shows it's clearly a winning one which hopefully you know it will really sort of spice up liven up this Western Conference playoffs in Seattle you know home field advantage they could just blow themselves out of the water you know Dallas coming into town yeah Danica Brace is going to be back for the game we know KK Matheny's recovered from her recent injury as well so all in all that Western Conference final that's just going to be such an incredible game to watch I mean the Eastern Conference is going to be good because you always get that with Chicago and Atlanta and I'm digressing a little bit I know but that Western Conference between Dallas and Seattle and it's going to be as you would say Marcus brutal (laughs) I guess that's my Aussie accent coming through what was that brutal yeah very much mate (laughs) Uh, from one accent to another just before we sort of 
start thinking about wrapping this up because we know we've, we've waffled for a bit. We're good at waffle. Very good at waffle. How about our what the deuce moment of the season? Come on, something a little bit fun to finish up on. Yeah, absolutely. Well, more for me because of the result of the play, I guess, because it was a, a great defensive play and it was one we mentioned earlier in the season and that is Seattle versus Chicago where Danica braces. It's hard to determine whether it was a fumble or an interception. I guess technically it was an interception return, wasn't it? On an extra point, ran it back to the house and it was given as six points when everyone was expecting it to be a safety. Even though the rules did change and we've been through that at the time that the rules did change at the start of the season. Still for me, that is very much a... What the deuce? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my vote has got to be the Omaha versus Chicago game and no coaches on the sideline for Omaha. That's just... What the deuce? You know, fundamentally, you know, football team is uh, not just a single person, like a sport like tennis or something like that, working on their own. It's not something towards that equates a team sport, but where the team dynamic is shut off. This is a tandem team sport where the coaches and the players work in sync, in harmony to achieve that victory. So for me, the fact is that you're basically half a team. It's just... What the deuce? Exactly. Summed it up completely for me. However, that will wrap us up nicely for our little segment. Just a quick season review. Remind us at any point you think we've got our, our choices wrong. If you think we've missed someone out. If you've got a what the deuce moment of your own. How about you let us know. Use that hashtag. Get hold of us on Twitter at Nest. We want to hear from you guys. Football is a man's game. Because women hit like girls. They run like girls. They never play with passion. Simply unbelievable. This game will never mean as much to women as it does to men. The game has never been played by women until now. This is Chastity Morales, wide receiver, playing for the Austin Acoustics, and you are listening to LFL Talk with Adrian Marcus. The world's fastest-growing sport arrives to YouTube. Legends Football League. Break their confidence. Keep breaking their confidence. They've got nothing. They want to brawl. They don't want to play football. Intensity. Beauty. Subscribe to this channel and gain access into locker rooms inside the huddle. Every other time they run to the outside, they're fucking getting it. Get to know your favorite players. The one thing I want to do is just make everyone happy. Give 100%. And full-length games in high definition. Subscribe and never miss out on LFL Action. To finish off the show this week, as we don't have a game to look ahead to next week, we thought we'd take a quick look ahead to those playoffs in Seattle at the Showwear Centre in Kent. Saturday, the 20th of August, tickets are still available. Two games we've got going on, Marcus. We've got the Western Conference game between number one seeded Dallas and Seattle and the Eastern Conference between Atlanta and Chicago. Thoughts, my good man? Oh, thoughts. It's going to be buzzing. Everyone out there, if you haven't got your tickets, grab them. This is going to be a Electric. We've been to the Showwear Center. It has got one of the best atmospheres ever. Yeah, that Showwear Center, it fills up. It sounds great. The Seattle fans, they really are the eighth man. They make a difference. They're so loud. All the other teams say it as well. If you're an opposing quarterback, you best have a silent count up your sleeve. Otherwise, it's just not going to work. And two games of football. Two phenomenal games of football as well. Uh-huh. I mean, come on, Chicago, Atlanta. I know, like I said, we're both really excited about Dallas, Seattle, I think for obvious reasons, but we do need to also make sure we give the Eastern Conference some love because despite the fact that 
Chicago have won the last four or five times against Atlanta all bar the conference game last year they've been really really close fought games and I think this one's going to be even more so working off the game that's just gone I've got a good feeling there's no trepidation and yeah as an Atlanta fan I am buzzing for that one and does that mean that we'll get ahead to predictions next week but are you thinking Atlanta are going to win that one mate it's slowly coming there they're, they're working their way they're finding a weakness there will be a chink in that armor and they will seize it I like that the confidence of the Atlanta fan over there unfortunately being an LA fan I just have to sit and watch the Western Conference unfold and just hope for a great game of football as a NFL fan all that remains now is for me to thank our guest Dakota Hughes also thank my co-host Marcus Henson. Remember, if you want to stay up to date with all of the latest news from around the league, then go to lfl360.com. And if you want to check out any of our past shows or player interviews, go to lfltalk.com. And until next time, football fans, stay safe, take care, and thanks for stopping by. (laughs) 